so we can't say things like bollocks and Thanks. Oh, no, you can <laughs> absolutely, absolutely say things like that, man. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's why this is the second recording. <laughs> yeah. I was quite slanderous in the first five minutes. Uh, we started off with loads of C words. <laughs> I just got to get them out of the system, Dave. You know how it is. Uh, like coffee and chocolate. <laughs> coffee and chocolate. Mm, C words. Yeah. Right. Coffee and chocolate. They are unquestionably words beginning with C, do Yeah, they're C words. Oh, I yeah. see. <laughs> Christ, how stupid am I? What's <laughs> they got to do with the C words that I'm thinking about? You know, you know that little snip that comes at the beginning of the programme? Uh, Christ, how stupid am I? Uh, oh, that's totally got to be in there. <laughs> but but I, would, I would admit that again, <laughs> although, it's, although it is true. Welcome to the second series and episode 10 of the Frankenstein's RPG podcast. Thank you very much for your support and for downloading us. Uh, please do keep that feedback coming as well, even if it is just that sort of rage tweet and, <laughs> and shouting into the void. I do a lot of that myself. Uh, this uh, episode, uh, I think we're okay in terms of recording. I think the dogs are a little bit quiet, but you may find a bit of barking in the background, for which I do, uh, do apologise. Now, in this episode, Debbie, Mark, Neil and a certain Dirk join me to look at both character archetypes and the thorny little subject of player advice or sort of how players should play the game. We also have a little bit of a Brucey bonus uh, and we try and name the game too. Uh, some of the language could be a little bit, uh, a little bit racy, so uh, any, any young ears, cover them up. Uh, big shout out to those folks on Twitter. We couldn't fit everyone in, I'm afraid. Uh, but we tried to. Apologies if we missed you and you thought you had a particularly good uh, name for the podcast. But please do keep joining in. Keep the uh, keep the discourse going. It's all good. All good. But if you do vote for Traveller, clearly I'll uh, I shall continue to block you. Now, for those new to us, what's it all about? Which is a very very good question. Well, each episode we get a group of grognards, 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 teeth back in together to look at the very best elements of role-playing games on a given theme or subject. We debate a bit, waffle a lot more around the topic, and then vote on which games will contribute to our creation, the Frankenstein's monster of a game. So it's still a sci-fi game this time round, and the idea is once we've consulted, or consulted, once we've constructed this devilish entity, we then try and play it, see if it all hangs together, or indeed falls hopelessly apart at the seams. And I suspect it will fall hopelessly apart, that is. Anyway, listen, thanks again for all the participation and just for listening. Really appreciate it. Speak soon. Mm -hmm. And then I've got to think about what I do next time, but we shall see. We shall see. So, 
So you mean the decisions we make don't have to be rational, sensible, or fit in with anything that's gone before? Uh, Isn't that kind of the plot point <laughs> for the whole whole series? <laughs> in 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 terms of in terms of a running theme, that's probably the only one. <laughs> anyway, good. So we'll let Debbie here sort herself out, and then we'll uh, we'll crack on. Sorry. <laughs> it's an extraordinary. Was that, is it like a go faster chair you've got there? It is, uh, yeah. And it's even got a bit that I'm, it has a, a neck support thing that goes on here, and a and a movable back support. Mm. Just a gaming chair. The uh, the fifty odd year old part of me is going. Oh, that's going to cause you problems in the morning. <laughs> I've been using it for since for most of lockdown, so. It's actually better than the proper orthopedic chair I've got, which doesn't work anymore. I I would co-sign that. Uh, I think I think we found our level talking about orthopedic chairs. <laughs> it's it's really hard to find a really good chair, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's one of like life's quests, isn't it? To try yeah. and find a good chair that's comfy. Maybe maybe that's what I could do for the next podcast. Ch- chair quest. <laughs> furniture you have loved yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then the year after it'll be uh implements around the home broom quest <laughs> those plastic stacking school type chairs with the hole in the bank they're quite often orange uh i was sat on one of those for the afternoon session of tales from the screaming spires this weekend yeah. and it's They do three sessions, which is too many in a day, but they do three sessions. They start at nine. They have an afternoon session. They have an evening session. And I thought, I won't do three sessions because I'm not sure I'm up to it. And and by midday, I was thinking, oh, I really wish maybe I'd book onto that evening game. And then about three o'clock, as I was sat on my little orange chair, I could just feel the back going, stiffening on. I thought, ah, no, 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 no. (laughs) It's... Go and find a nice, comfortable chair in a pub. Um, who, who says? Uh, yeah. Who, who's, who says that uh, it's too old an audience for this this podcast? <laughs> Damn them all. Anyway, mm. so uh, good uh, good evening, everybody. And again, you know, thank you ever so much for uh, for taking the time to come along. I think before we get into the the meat and two veg of everything, um, if you'd like to sort of introduce yourselves, I, I've decided to become professional on the very last podcast of this series. <laughs> so if we go by my Celebrity Squares lineup, uh, we have Mark. Mark, could you uh, introduce yourself, please? Uh, Mark Willoughby, at Willoughby Wright on Twitter. Uh, this is the first time we've ever done intros at the beginning of a podcast. <laughs> that Dave was hosting that I can remember. So I'm a little bit flustered. I'm, I'm not really prepared. <laughs> uh, did you say your name? Mark well, will it be, yes. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, Debbie. Hi, uh, I'm Debbie. Uh, I'm Debbie. You can find me at, at DragonGirl74 on Twitter and probably various other platforms as well. Um, drop me a line, say hi. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why you're waving to the the people. They they can't see you, do. but it's okay. I, I, know, I know that, but you know, I'm being nice. 
It happens occasionally. Uh, <laughs> uh, good. Yep. Well, they can't, you know, they've never been able to see me, but it doesn't stop me wearing lots of makeup. So, Dirk, would you mind uh, introducing yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Dirk the Dice, a.k.a. Chris, and I am the host of the Grognard Files podcast, and I'm on Twitter at the Grognard File. And I've got the most uncomfortable chair of the lot of you, I'm sure. <laughs> you just keep messing about with mine. Uh, and uh, Neil. Hello, yeah, I'm Neil Benson. Uh, aka, AKA Old Scouser Role Playing uh, is at Old Scouser RPing on Twitter. That's it. I'm not saying anything funny or anything. Uh, that'll that's your lot. Yeah. Why well, break the habit of life? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Where do, where's, the, where's, where's the leave now button? <laughs> Anyway, here we go. So this is, this is episode 10. I think it's actually going to be the penultimate episode. I think what we're probably going to do is a little bit of a sort of a, uh, I don't know why I keep popping into my head that we're going to do the Muppet Show sort of uh, ensemble cast and just have, you know, sort of a general kind of feedback on uh, on what happened. And I may sort of, uh, I may sort of bring up um, certain quotes of the past, for example, Martin in the very first episode and, uh, what was it? He was uh, fiddling something or other, wasn't it? Fiddling with his knobs or something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> fiddling, fiddling with the knobs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And then and then proceeded to be sort of helpless with laughter for about five minutes afterwards. So that was good. That was good. <laughs> he was drunk. Uh, but so we may well have a sort of a Muppet show, as I said, cavalcade, uh, and go through some of the best and worst bits. But. Uh, Probably mean I've got to listen to them all again, which is a little bit of a painful thought, but I'll, I'll give it a go. So the penultimate episode, potentially. Uh, series two, episode 10. And what we're looking at this time is we're going to go through uh, character archetypes. So the game that you all sort of think or we all think collectively once we vote probably does the sorts of, not character classes necessarily, but you know that sort of framing of what to do the player characters uh, have as a sort of a background and whether there's a collective set of tools we can use for that. And then we'll also do this slightly sort of woollier, which is about how to play the game or, or sort of player advice, if there's any games that particularly deal with what the players should do or how the game should work from the player's perspective. Uh, and then a, a Brucey bonus right at the very end, uh, we're going to do Name the Game. Uh, so Name That Game, I'm calling it, as a very catchy title name the game okay so if we're starting with character archetypes uh any volunteers to go first no uh in that case i shall volunteer you mark would you mind uh grabbing the bull by the horns as it were uh, uh, certainly um so friends dave podcast listeners I come to bury character archetypes, not to praise them. Oh, oh how Shakespearean. I, I, I say nay, nay. A thousand times nay. Um, no, character really? archetypes are nonsense, particularly in a modern game. We're not playing a pseudo-medieval fantasy game here where we need some in. Um, 
I think it's a terrible idea because it binds you to a background setting because you need a character class for Jedi if you're going to have a that kind of setting. It, it tells you too much about um, uh, uh, or it limits you. It limits your scope in too many ways because once you've committed to one of these archetypes or character classes, you're in a branching tree of special superpowers that they and they alone get. And I say no, 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 no. Um, I believe the Zamo option has been played here. The Zamo <laughs> option. Well, 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 we have discussed this in the past. Well, but Zamo, uh, Zamo typically said yes, which I think is where we've got ourselves <laughs> in. <Europe. laughs> I believe it's the Nancy Reagan option here. Okay, but but is this true, Mark? Uh, is that what you're really saying? Well, it 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 is what I'm saying. Um, but not all games have archetypes. Not all games have character classes. There are games which I find to be suitable in this regard. Nice. Um, so, Dave, could you, when you do the edit, could you drop in O Fortuna in this bit? Uh, when well, I hold on, my first, my first choice. <laughs> Don't know if that's any good for the viewer at home. Uh, traveler. So Traveller does not have character classes, does not have archetypes as a life path before you start playing. And then after you start playing, what you are and what you do is determined by how you play. Much more sensible. Okay, but 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 I would I would protest. Go ahead. And in fact, sort of pushing the, the Shakespearean theme, uh, a life path by any other name would smell as sweet as an archetype. No, because it's uh, the, the, the problem with the archetype is an archetype is a character class that you continue in once you start playing. Okay. So you sort of become a first-level rogue or a first-level swashbuckler slash yeah, okay. first-level bounty hunter. Um, but what? So you get to a starting point with traveler. This is this is this is where I'm drawing the line of distinction. <clears throat> And okay. because I can never just show one game, and because I've got two new games since the last time we had action, <laughs> um, and because I got this one very cheap, Ooh. the expanse. Mm. Um, now the expanse again does something similar because it has your sort of pre-game career. Yeah, but it doesn't. Again, it doesn't limit you then to do once you're in the game. To go well i can't do anything else other than that i can only get better at being a mechanic you can mm -hmm. go your own way um so Ooh. traveler if it's allowed and if not the expense on the grounds that they're not limiting you to a tree of skills or a tree of special abilities and they're not implying anything about the background setting Okay. Well, they're, not, so they're, the, not they're not overly limiting you. So you, what you're, essentially what you're saying is what you've done previously may well have been that sort of archetypal stuff. However, now you're actually starting the game and you just yes. have a set of skills from an, an historic career. Yes. We will call this the Nancy. The and Nancy Reagan answer. <clears throat> It is, it is quite no. it is quite uh, interesting how the uh, traveller life path works. I'd forgotten how it works, and you can shift across 
different yeah. occupations and experiences as well, can't you? So you can be a multitude yeah. of different occupations and archetypes, if you like. Yeah, we just uh, just so the uh, the character generation was through that sort of life path thing, wasn't it? It was actually beyond the wall. I think was where we, mm -hmm. or as may become a little bit more sort of converse, conversationally introduced, is uh, beyond the rim. But it was definitely that was the character generation bit. Well, don't you become mm. uh, in traveller? Don't you become ultimately defined by the role you're playing? within the group so if you're on a ship there's going to be a pilot and it's usually the person who's got a pilot skill and so you become the pilot person um i do i i think um dave's point about is it an archetype in any other name um becomes like you, you just ultimately end up playing a role within the group but i don't i don't know what the others think i've not played a lot of traveler but mm. from what mark said just because you've got a pilot skill and you're flying the ship doesn't stop you being a scoundrel, for ex for example, or being a like stealth assassin, for example, just because your main role on board ship is flying it. Yeah, you see, I, I think it's a bit false because I think you, whether whether you call it an archetype or a class or not, if you've got a set of skills that you're good at in the game, that's what you lean on, and that's what you. You know, so whether you're not you you call it a class, if you've got stealth and you know security stuff and whatever, then that's what that that kind of defines you anyway. You don't try and do stuff you crapper. So you know, and and then you, well, well you, not if you're sensible. If you're not if you're sensible, <laughs> and then and then even and even with a class thing, saying that you 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 know you're tied to that. I mean, we've had multi-classing for for for, for youngs where you can expand out if that is your if that is your whim so i i i don't think you know whether you, you i think these archetypes and classes are just they're like frameworks you know some of them are more strict than others to be fair and they say you can only do this and you can only do that but in terms of how you act in the game i, I don't think it makes that much difference if i'm quite honest sorry what i was actually sort of thinking there was the as far as this game is concerned, it's the playbooks, which is sort of taking that element of the character generation from Traveller. But where Traveller is different is that you can go from one archetype to another. Yes. So you can start as a scout and end up as a merchant, or you can start as a an Imperial Marine. Isn't not Imperial Marine, is it? Some, something to do not with you. Yeah, Imperial Navy or Army, whatever it is, mm. and end up as a a traveller, a you know, freebooter or whatever. So the character generation gives you a lot of different skills and you don't come out of it the other end, okay, I have been a scout, I have been a diplomat, whatever it happens to be. I think that's quite interesting. Every, mm. everybody every become everybody becomes a scoundrel in traveller anyway, don't they? That's what happens anyway. You just end up Stealing stuff, that's <laughs> whatever your archetype. Yeah. Just transporting okay. goods from one place to another. <laughs> Nancy Reagan. The Nan the, she, she probably would turn in her grave, actually, thinking she was associated with this podcast. But So the Nancy <laughs> Reagan argument from, from Mark. Okay. Can we, can we move on? Uh, Debbie, could I ask you to uh, maybe cast your eye over archetypes stroke 
uh, non-archetypes? Yeah, well, my I, I was thinking about this and I was like, do I want them or do I not? And we all know that I'm a big fan of Savage Worlds because it doesn't have really character classes. Yeah. You can pick any set of skills that you want. So, you know, going mm-hmm. with the sci-fi thing, we've got Flash Gordon. However, each setting does actually have archetypes available for, for you to peruse. So they but but they're only suggestions and people can choose them or not. And I do like that, but that's not what I'm going for. I've looked at a few different types of a few different games for this. Um I do quite like the ones in Starfinder. And, I, and I've played it a few times, and I've played uh, uh, Yosoki Mechanic, um, which is like the big rat people think, um, I forgot what his name is now, the raccoon out of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and that comes with a really cool okay. scout. And I think I think I want, I either did play a mystic or I wanted to play a mystic. And they do come with really cool things in them, and the mechanic can like stray into Technomancer, which is yeah. wonderful, and some of the things that you get are just absolutely brilliant. However, as soon as you get beyond about second or third level, you end up with a 15-page character sheet, and a round of a round of combat takes about 17 years because everybody's trying to work out which is the best of their moves that they can use. So we're not yeah. going with that either because it drives me insane. Okay. Um Going on the life path sort of thing, we have Mutant Chronicles, which I had forgotten about until you Ooh. until you just mentioned life paths, mm. um, where you don't pick, you just roll randomly and get find out what you are. And I ended up with a really genius character when I played that. But I'm not going with that either because I was going to use that for the other section of the show. Um, <laughs> so the ones that I actually really like are the Forged in the Dark and the and the uh, Powered by the Apocalypse ones. Because mm. you get to pick from quite a large range of archetypes, yeah, and everything you need for the pro- whole progression of your character right to the end of whatever campaign you may be playing is on that sheet. Mm. So with the with the with the forge in the dark ones, it's usually one 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 piece of paper, and here's my okay. scum of villainy, villainy, my example of that. And some of those are quite fun. However, what I'm actually going for, because nobody wants to make this easy for you, Dave, obviously we've worked that out, is I'm going for Monster it... of the Week, <laughs> oh. which is totally well. not sci-fi. <laughs> well, that's because okay. some of them, some of the, the character types are just wonderful and they've linked them out to the characters in the shows that they are that it inspired. So it even says in here the spell slinger is Willow from Buffy. And the right. mundane is like Xander from Buffy and stuff like that. It's also um supernatural, but I can't remember who who they said for which one of that. So I'm going for Monster of the Week for simplicity and wondrous of choice and great emo- emotive, really uh, yeah, very emotive characterization. So you know exactly what you're playing. Because it gives yeah. you examples of who they are in TV shows that you may have seen. Yeah. Powered by the apocalypse, yeah? Yeah. But specifically, Monster of the Week, just to be really yeah. annoying. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tends to elicit strong feelings powered by the apocalypse. I mainly know. for me. <laughs> and also, mm. uh, and also a certain... Uh, Diminutive Italian as well. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I've had many conversations with him about that, but well, we shall um, shush now. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it, that you've got forged in the dark and powered by the apocalypse that are sort of, I guess, are meant to be flexible systems. So that I guess there's probably a yeah. wide range of of things that you can draw from. Yeah. So even though you've got what your character, what your character's specialities are. It doesn't restrict you from doing anything else. If you can think Relishing of it, it. yeah. If yeah. you can think of it, you can do it. I I have a bit of a confession as well, by the way. What's uh, that? I got rid of all my Starfinder stuff. <laughs> I liked it, but I could just I could never envisage myself playing it. There's a rule for everything. It's just yeah. like it, too hard, it, too hard. I loved it. I thought it was, as a as a big thing. You know, maybe they ought to change the. Clearly, they should change the. Um, the sort of the rule base to something like, oh, I don't know, Mert, maybe, mm-hmm. or or Liminal would Liminal, go down yeah, well. Yeah. Liminal would have been really good for Starfinder, mm. but mm, okay. But yeah. it was it was in a good cause, so some money got raised for uh, a certain charity not far from all our minds. So okay, Monster of the Week, powered by the Apocalypse for simplicity but maximum choice. Yeah. Uh, Dirk, I'm turning to you now for your take on character archetypes. What are you going with? Well, I had uh, similar feelings to Mark originally about uh, the idea of archetypes and classes. I've always railed against them because the games I play a lot of um, are skills based ones, so there's no classes, you know, so things like RuneQuest and, uh, games like that, you know, you, it's not determined by, um, the archetype or class that you play. It's actually the adventure that determines the scope of your character and, uh, what that character does. However, I have changed a little bit and my mode of play, I quite enjoy archetypes now because I think sometimes you need barriers, don't you, to push against to have um, good experiences and sometimes a archetype can help you do the bit which is at the center of what we do and that's role play and it can give you a, a determine a role um that you can work within and um your role within the group and specify that the best game i've played with archetypes is actually mutant year zero and um, because the character types in that are brilliant because it's to do with the setting, but they are, they're like simultaneously um, very specific, but also very generic. So you've got your face character, you've got your person who can jury rig things um, and that kind of thing. And the way that the different uh, archetypes interplay with each other in those, um, <laughs> interplay within, in, in those are, are, re- are really good. So the game that I'm nominating is uh, a Mutant Year Zero engine game, and that's Corop- Coriolis. Ooh. Coriolis. Yeah. Ooh. Got 11, archi- 11 different archetypes, and it tells you something about the setting. So you've got ones that are very oblique, things like a data spider, somebody who's after the information and uh, a hacker type. And um, you've got, it, it's the Arabian Nights in space, as you're probably aware. So you've yeah. got archetypes that fit that setting. So like a fugitive. Um, but also 
you've got ones that are pretty generic, like the pilot, um, your negotiator. That's a good thing about these um, free league ones. There's always a face uh, archetype, somebody who's uh, good at the talking and um, dealing with situations where uh, social interaction is important. And I oh, just that thought, always is that all come from the A team having a face? Yeah, I think I think it should. Yeah, yeah. yeah every group, so every group, group needs one, don't they? And then Mister T. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I'm 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 proposing uh, Coriolis because I think it's uh, the great archetypes. They're beautifully presented in this rule book. It's worth just getting just for the uh, artwork alone, and the way that they are made simultaneously distinctive. Yet yeah. universal, I think, is the reason I propose it. Funnily enough, it, it was, I don't even think it was, it was the first free league game I ever played. I thought the setting was fantastic, like you say, sort of that Arabian Nights in space. And um, and there was so much sort of depth for it. But like you said, you know, you can be a fugitive. So I think I was end, ended up being a few good fugitive from the, what's the, is it a brotherhood of something? Well, I can't remember what they call but essentially, you know, that, that then, as you said, puts a lot of hooks out there. But, yeah, it's good. Uh, Neil, I'm going to turn to you now. Right. Um, so, as you probably guessed, followed my rant before, which was a, a bit out of place, but there you go. Um, oh, is he? I, 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 uh, no, 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 not quite. Uh, I am. I am a fan of classes and anything, anything that gives you that kind of structure. I think particularly like with the games. So I'm not a huge sci-fi GM. I can play in quite a lot of sci-fi games or have played, but I don't have many uh, sci-fi games on on my shelves. And I, I guess you know when I come to play it, I. I like I, I always struggle a bit with games that are just skill based, where you don't have that, you know, you because you always find in your mind you're trying to think about well, what what am I like? What do I want this character to be good at? Um, so I do like them anyway. Uh, so I, I think, think that, games... that, I think that's that's a, that's a really that's a, a great maxim. What am I like? Mm. You know, and if if nothing, then archetypes ought to be able to say this is the kind of person that you are. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So of, of the games I've got, my first. So this isn't my final choice, but it's. I think it's nice to go through at least a couple. So uh, this is the uh, Star Wars, the West End games, Star Wars, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm surprised nobody else has mentioned this really. But well, maybe maybe not. I suppose it's an old game, but this has a lot of character templates, and just the name of them is is quite descriptive. And and within the template, it gives you like. You know, it is just a template, so it, 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 you know, you can expand on it. You can customize the abilities and the skills to a degree. Gives you a little bit about your background and so on. And they just got really good names, but you know, alien student of the force, arrogant, noble, brash pilot, failed Jedi, and uh, and so on, laconic scout. And you know, I just think they, as archetypes, don't they work? really well they, they they give you everything you need to know and i think they fit particularly well within star wars universe i think you know if you look at uh, anything star wars you could probably mm. point to the template that they're based on from the game uh, however do you think most people would want to be, want to be jedis uh no or han solo no okay. uh, 
No, so I've, I've, I've played you... a Star Wars game where everybody was a Jedi. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> so now everybody wants to be Andor now, don't they? Isn't that, isn't that the way it works? No. Okay. I don't, I don't follow these newfangled things. Ah, okay. <laughs> it is good. It's well worth a watch. Is it like How an about... Ewok thing or something? I don't know. Uh, no, I, I, anyway. No, let's okay, not get we'll into leave, the we'll Andor and thing. We'll leave that there. It's but, not Star Wars D six. Uh, yeah, e- exactly. And um, so, but that's not my that's not my Star Wars. I think it's uh, a really clever game, and uh, um, but that's not my choice. So I have gone for something that is more old school, um, and it's a game I've had for a few years. Uh, I've only ran it the once. I ran it at uh, Grogmeath, and uh, Chris plays plays in it. And it is a game called uh, Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells by Ooh. Diego Naguera uh, of Old School Publishing. Uh, and it's got, to me, it's it's uh, it's got just it, it's got it's got just enough. So so your character is a combination of. I mean, you have stats and stuff like that, um, but it's a combination of a concept and a, a, a an archetype. Uh, do they call them archetypes? Uh, yeah, an archetype is what, what they call them in here. So the first thing you pick is your your uh, uh, concept. Uh, yeah, hopeful mechanic from isolated planet, or there's another one I saw before, cocky smuggler from the outer regions. You know, so you come up with this concept, but the concept is only a part of the character. The the, okay. the 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 bit that defines the what you can do is your archetype, and there's only four of them. Uh, you've got the tough, uh, the the nimble, the smart, and the gifted. So they're not like uh, I guess you go well. The tough is is like fighter, and the nimble's a thief. Uh, the smart is uh, I don't know somebody smart, and the gifted is like a wizard. <laughs> um, and uh, this is this is the Ron seal of games, isn't it? Which <laughs> one are you? Oh, I'm uh, I'm uh, smart. Well, 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 that it, com- it comes from the, the white hack, I think, is because in the white hack you have um, like the deft and the strong. So, so they aren't they aren't as tightly defined as as a class. Um, okay. So, th- so they do give you abilities, um, special abilities. So, like the tough, it, it tells you, you know, what you're kind of focused on on phys- being physical and strong, and you know, good in hand to hand combat stuff like that. And then you have a few abilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, too tough to die. Feel the pain. I can take them all, uh, and that's my favourite. And they're like your four abilities, and they'll give you different things you can use in the game. Uh, and and this is uh, the game. The game of double entendres already. Uh, yeah, I, I suspect if they are double entendres, they are um, uh, not intended to be double entendres. But uh, yeah. Um, but it's it's just a really nice simple. It's a, it's quite a simple yeah, yeah. Uh, OSR system. It's a roll under uh, attribute on a d twenty, um, yeah. and uh, and and these and I think these archetypes, these four archetypes combined with a concept, just give you yeah, like, yeah. loads of possibilities. There's enough structure there for you to 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 come to answer that question. What am I like? Yeah. Um, yeah. But your concept gives it that nuance as well. Um, so, so it, just just trying to think about the way that we've sort of structured character generation. Those uh, playbooks that we talked about originally mm. 
we you could have the tough playbook, the nimble well, playbook, the smart and the gifted. Well, well, actually, the, the, those playbooks do sound because the the front taken from beyond the wall, so they actually sound much more yeah. like a concept because it's like the yeah. the the uh, you know the village knight and the uh, the young noble and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. you can quickly see how, uh, and they are all those concepts in beyond the wall. Are based on a character class, which is warrior, yeah. fighter, or rogue. Yeah, so, yeah. so you can see how that. I, I think that would work quite well. Just those four yeah. simple. You know, you you could take your concept from beyond the wall and map it quite easily to one of these four uh, archetypes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's yeah. solar blades and cosmic spells. Cosmic. Spells, oh, not smells. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an entirely <laughs> different game. <laughs> I think that depends how far into the game it is and how warm it is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Absolutely. The game game took a little bit of a, a mm. swerve there. Right. And, and what kind of seat you're sitting on as well? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm I'm going to be the same as everybody else. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to do show and tell. We will have to do some of these on on a video link at some stage. Uh, the one I I did quite like, do quite like, and definitely definitely need to play uh, is uh, Stars Without Number, mm-hmm. which is essentially sort of D and D in space, I guess to an extent. That's being mm-hmm. a bit unfair to it, but it's a lovely. I really really like the game. Uh, and and as you'd expect, you know there are lots and lots of different ways of of, of skinning this, uh, but you do have you know uh, sort of broadly speaking three or four different types of uh, character, and then they have cultures on top of that, uh, and I just like it. I think it's really good. You have these background packages, and there's a lot of them, everything from armsman through to politician, transport specialist, urchin, all the usual ones like that. Stars of that number, I think, is a is a cracking, cracking game, and I definitely want to play it. But I'm I'm rejecting it. I do like Mind Jammer, and amazingly enough, this is the Fate version. Fate. Never thought I'd ever hear myself saying, "I like Fate." And in here, what you have is they they break down into different types and different sort of archetypes. They then break it down sort of a stage further, so a little bit similar to what you've been talking about. Possibly not with regard to solar blades and, and cosmic spells, but I think a little bit more of uh, like a reverse of Mark's one, where you start off with military as your sort of archetype. Within that, they have these sample builds. So you AFI trooper, assassin, high tact assault trooper, merc, regular army, sci-fi enforcer, and then space force marine, venue trooper, etc. But it is a fake game, and therefore is consigned to the bin. Nice ideas. <laughs> wrong mechanics. Getting ruthless. Last but one. <laughs> what I am going for, and this is to sort of steal a little bit of thunder uh, from uh, from Dirk's suggestion. He went for Coriolis. I went for Alien. Uh-huh. Now, I have criticised Alien in the past for being the, the king of one-shots. I can't quite see some of the bits bits uh, working in terms of longer campaign play. However, you only have a few sort of core concepts. 
and and actually i do you know what i prefer that because as somebody was saying earlier on i think it was i think it was uh dirk you said it uh within that trying to find you within that sort of constructed sort of concept so you literally have you know roughnecks you have colonial marine uh you have or android i guess is another one that you could you could potentially have but i like the fact that it's actually fairly tight and then within that you get to embellish on those the the thing i like most about it is like the films it's really stripped down very very simple you know exactly what you're getting on the tin and uh i think it suits sci-fi how many more ways do you want to say you know i'm a colonial marine i shoot things when <clears throat> you say it once so uh alien is my suggestion mm, a free league double whammy isn't it really free yeah. league i wonder, double, I wonder who you, you guys say, are gonna whammy. vote for <laughs> 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 well, it's not be fate, I can tell you that. <laughs> I think it's good. There are, there's, it's a little bit more, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing Alien a huge disservice because I haven't tried to. Has anybody tried to play it in campaign mode? No. Anybody? No. no. Uh, you know, you, you, company agent, kid, medic, officer, pilot, roughneck, scientist. Do you need many more of them? I've um, specify specify within that through your talents and skills. Sorry, I have I, I have but, actually played it in campaign mode. Um, the one that um, it comes with, I've forgotten what it's called now. Um, oh, but yeah, uh, I've played it in campaign. Destroyer mode. of worlds. Is it? That's it. Yeah. Does that come? And with and the, the thing I think with uh, Alien is, um, I, th I think many people have pointed out is that it's the opponents, isn't it? You want to see. Um, Xenomorphs, don't you? If you're coming up against anything else, it seems like you're being shortchanged. So yeah. you're really just waiting for the alien to come out from out of the um, heating ducts and uh, start yeah. dribbling over you. So they they never tried to do, you know, uh, space marines versus the company agent. It's not quite the same, is it? There needs to be some sort of slavering dark shiny horrific beast at the end of the corridor that's the bit that... but then you know uh you know i guess i like it because it's simple <laughs> I, I find it uh i find that actually quite liberating i don't know what this is about me actually this is, sorry it's coming like group therapy for which i apologize uh, <laughs> alien is mine anyway that's what i'm going for alien so we're going to have to try and move towards a vote. So, Mark, uh, sort of uh, borders on the uh, Nancy Reagan, mm -hmm. uh, but but not quite. It's it's more of the Traveller Expanse. It's, it's all in the past. Life path mode. Yeah, yeah. We're all on a journey. <laughs> uh, Deb, Deb, very succinctly went for Monster of the Week. Uh, which obviously is, is powered by the apocalypse. Uh, difficult to comment on that, really, <laughs> from from my perspective, only because I haven't played it. So, uh, like having said that, though, <laughs> you know, actually, uh, people sort of tackle, tackle on the, these things. I think it, it, it's like lots of other things in, in life, I find. If nice people like it, it must be quite good. 
and most of the people that I know, and you know, Savage Worlds, you certainly got me hooked on Savage Worlds. So I, I absolutely trust your uh, monster so, of the week. So it's if there's a, if there's a, if there's a game that loads of Tories play, it's probably crap. I think that's what you're saying, isn't it, Dave? They all play Fate. <laughs> the they're, play, they're playing with our feet. No, I'm going to say yeah, they're playing with our feet, not the game feet. Oh, wow! But they don't—they don't use the dice. No. Bit of politics there. Bit of politics. <laughs> Neil went for the Green Party's Solar Blades and Cosmic <laughs> Spells. That's the one. Uh, uh, yeah, again. It, really good. Like like it. And uh, Dirk, he went for Coriolis. Uh, the suggestion that we should call the winner. Let me just write that down. The winner. <laughs> uh, so, uh, should we do reverse order? Voting. Voting. Now. Um, do you know what? I'm actually going to be a little bit. I'm going to be a little bit sort of controversial here. Everybody's expecting me now to say, obviously, Coriolis. I am not going to say Coriolis, everybody. I'm going with uh, Neil. Solar Blades, Cosmic Spells. There are four archetypes, genuine archetypes: tough, nimble, smart, gifted. And then within that, your ability to shape what your character is going to be. So. Uh, I, I have cast my vote. I'm going for Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. Only because I couldn't vote for Alien, obviously. <laughs> so, Neil. Neil. Okay. Uh, you can't obviously vote for Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. So it's Alien, Monster mm. of the Week, Nancy Reagan's Life Path from Mark, and then Coriolis. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's unfortunately, Mark, it's definitely not going to be uh, no archetype. Uh, and I'm not a fan of PBTA, uh, although I haven't really played it. It's just like a, a, a haven't read Dungeon World. That was enough. So I'm sorry, Debbie. Um, so that that leaves it between uh, uh, Alien and Coriolis, and I played them both, and I think they're both really good games. However, yeah, it is going to be Coriolis. Um, I played quite a lot of that and really enjoyed it. Um, and I just think as a it's more interesting as a game, I think, than Alien. I think it's got a lot, much more scope. And yeah, uh, yeah. so that's my vote, Coriolis. Lots of, lots of depth and breadth. Mm. Right, uh, Dirk, it's your turn. You cannot vote, obviously, for Coriolis. It's always this is always a rule that throws things into jeopardy. We have Marks, Nancy Reagan, uh, Life Path has already taken care of it. Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells from Neil, Deb's Monster of the Week, and then Alien from me. See, you know, I'm all about the nostalgia and there's something drawing me towards uh, Traveller, but I, I, I can't go there because, you know, I'm one of these neo-grognans who have fallen <laughs> for uh, new ways of doing things. And, I've got uh, to you too. Yeah. <laughs> <it's a bit laughs> and, you know... Um, Debbie and I have got um, shared views on lots of things. I love Savage Worlds, and if uh, Savage Worlds has been selected, I'd probably a plum for that one. But I think Monster of the Week, because it, it, the archetypes are so versatile, and I think in time, when you think of all those Powered by the Apocalypse games, they fall by the wayside. But I do think that Monster of the Week in time will be 
found to be one of the great games, great role-playing games, because it keeps coming back and it's because of its versatility and um, the great things you can do with it. It's, it's funny, isn't it, actually, that everybody's... And I have had lots of people sort of obviously... They seem to think I'm some sort of sympathetic soul, and I'm, I'm not particularly sympathetic, if I'm absolutely honest. Uh, they always say, you know, oh, you, you, I hate Power by the Apocalypse too. And they go, oh, okay, fine. And they say, but not Monster of the Week. So maybe they should rename it, but not Monster of the Week, perhaps. <laughs> However, uh, we come to you now, Debbie, and you cannot vote for Monster of the Week or not Monster of the Week. Uh, you have a choice of Alien, Solar Blades, Cosmic Spells, uh, Nancy Reagan's Life Path. Uh, oh, <laughs> that sounds like a game in itself, Nancy Reagan's <laughs> Life Path. <laughs> it sounds like something we're going to get arrested for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nancy Reagan's Life Path or Coriolis. Sorry, I'll do those again without the comments in between. Alien, Monster of the Week. Oh, no, you can't do Monster of the Week. Sorry, forget that. Um, Alien, oh. Solar Blades, Cosmic Spells, Nancy Reagan, or Coriolis. I don't know because I haven't actually played any of the any of the other ones that have been put forward. Oh, fighting um, blind! I know, I know. Um, I I have played White Hack, which uh, Solar Blades and and uh, the the other thing is kind of loosely based on, um, mm. and it's not my favourite system. <laughs> so that was out. <laughs> oh, Mark, Mark is trying to prompt everybody now by holding up a traveller. <laughs> And putting on a very, very sad face. <laughs> uh, sorry. Come on, Deb. Um, I do like Free League a lot. I do like their stuff. Um, however, I think that Mark's um emotional blackmail is going to work. And I'm going yes. to pick I'm going to pick the Traveller Life Party thing because I did quite like the Life Party thing in, in Mutant Chronicles and yeah. let's do that. Wow. Mark, you are wow. the kingmaker, <laughs> or or potentially <laughs> you could you could send this to stalemate. So you, the one thing you cannot vote for, obviously, is your own Mrs. Reagan and her life path. Uh, Alien, monster of the week, solar blade and cosmic solar blades and cosmic spells, and Coriolis are the choices to which you have to resign yourself. Uh, I apologise again in advance. Um, so, but but there is there is reasoning behind this. I had a choice at the beginning, not knowing which order I was going to vote in, and I am going to stick to it. So, but my reasoning is the Coriolis. Everybody says it's a fantastic game. I understand it's a fantastic game, but my principal objection was character classes that tie you to a background. One of the things I struggle with, if I'm honest, when you have a non franchise science fiction game and then somebody gives me a background i don't know anything about and i might like it and i might not so whether i like the system or not you've yeah. it's difficult to find the background yeah. and the system that yeah yeah that, that, no, that, I, think, that, I think i think it's a good call yeah yeah and and, and i've not tried coriolis so i'm speaking from staggering ignorance but that's never stopped me before so um unfortunately it's not going to be coriolis I have to say the same thing for Alien, um, not least because I think it is limited by the fact of the the, the, the campaign play. 
Um, I'd like to know after like 16 weeks playing the kid character class <laughs> uh, what that would look like when you're when you're now on some sort of city planet and you go right are there any docks for me to crawl in no okay well what do I do then uh, it's, you know. puberty I think it probably isn't it acne or something like that so a search for clearasil <laughs> the magical aging up um which brings us down to monster of the week I am a, an avowed sort of PBTA person, but but actually the one that sounds like it gives you the most freedom is Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. Because, it's, and, and not least, and I have to say, the thing, the thing that really swung it for me is um, the, the concept, which sounds like a concept album of hopeful mechanic from an isolated planet. <laughs> I mean that's like yeah. poetry. So um so yeah, my vote is going for solar blades and cosmic spells. Wow. <laughs> Neil. Yeah. I think this may be this may be, this may be a landmark moment for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I- yeah, I think so. Possibly, I think I've won once on the uh, other series, but no, first appearance on this series, first victory. I'll take that. Beautiful. Thank you very it's, much. It's a, it's a lovely moment that we've all shared, mm. and thank you so much, Mark, for making it happen. Yes, good. Solar, solar blades, and cosmic spells become the mm. archetype, the archetype system for this totally unplayable game. Good. Like it. Thank you very much. So now this is the second of our three uh, elements we're going to have a look at, which is about this sort of how to play or player advice, I guess it's going to be, mm-hmm. we're probably looking at. So we looked at, was it last time or the, the time before about about um, GM's advice? And there's lots of sort of GM's advice. There's usually an entire book devoted to GM's and the, the player the player's handbook usually sort of comment uh, comments on and and sort of structures these are the things that you get if you're a player but you know what games do you think sort of do uh player advice or how to play the game might also call it best uh can i get sort of a slightly different order now uh neil i haven't got like a load of choices for this to be honest I'm just, I'm, so i'm just going to launch straight in uh this is going to be uh it is also, this game has a, another tagline on it underneath its title. It says, The Game That Debbie Hates. It's White Hack. <laughs> uh, um, and, uh, it doesn't actually say that. <laughs> my copy White does hack. now. He <laughs> um, hates it's this game. It's not my favourite. <laughs> so the, re- the reason I've, I've, I picked it is I think it's got a really – I mean, it's got some great GM advice, but we're talking about like play, you know how to play the game, and quite early on into the first few pages of the book, you know, you get you get um, the if you are new to White Hack, so it, it kind of explains just a not, you know it's not a lot. I mean, the, the 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 text on the book, it's not like you know if I say a page, that's probably like a couple of paragraphs in in, in other other books. So it just gives you a really nice intro. Then it says. Then the next section is if you are a white hack veteran. 
So if you played, so this is third edition, by the way, this is White Hack third edition. So if you played first edition or second edition, it just gives you some advice there about some of the changes and stuff like that. Again, just a couple of pages. And then it has, uh, the next section is a quick rundown for experienced role players. And it just has things like, yeah, this is a roll under system. It's only uh, a short paragraph. Uh, characters are defined by groups and class, which are different things. <clears throat> you know, forget long stat blocks and detail lists of spells, feats, and abilities. Yeah, in White Hack, you you only use their titles, and and so it goes on like that. And you know, again, just bullet points, a couple of pages, really nice. <clears throat> we then have uh, you know some terminology. Which is which is which is okay, but the bit that really I think is really useful is, and the final bit I guess of the like advice section before it goes into character generation is examples of play. So there, there is some like uh, so the uh, White Hacks are uh, like a, an old school game, but there are some modern kind of design ideas in it, and uh, so it just goes through, you know, like in a lot of games you get like a. Uh, you know, you, we've got these three characters and they're at the door of a dungeon and somebody mm-hmm. checks for a trap and he can it. But it doesn't do that. It has very, quite short, but very specific examples. So just the titles on some of these examples. An exorcist performs a miracle. And, and I explained how that works with the play and the referee talking. Being attuned to your bow, belonging to the wrong species, fighting suits of armor, Auction in the alley, using a base, the task of climbing a wall, making a modus role, which is a, a very specific thing. But but it, it kind of just has a little bit of referee and player interaction. Yeah. Uh, and it just explains in a really clear way those bits of the rules. So even by the time you get to by the time you get to character creation, you've got a really good idea of uh, how how the game works. You've read those examples. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I just think it really helps kind of set the tone and and cl- clarifies quite a few of the rules with, within the first few pages of the game. So there you go. White Hack Third Edition, the game that Debbie hates. Yeah. <laughs> White Hack Third Edition. Yeah. Subtitle The Game yeah. Debbie Hates. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. But my okay, got it's, a, it's, cover, so it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, some of the things you talked about there are absolutely fine. I think, um, absolutely fine. Well, there's a condemnation if ever there was one. <laughs> well, yeah, I could be damning with faint praise, couldn't I? Uh, I didn't come out and say it's a load of crap. Uh, I, I was, well, I was, I sort of lost myself in, in my train of thought there. As I was sort of going through with, with the, I think the examples of play bit is mm. is very good. Mm. I think that's the bit that probably opens it up for for players mm. more than GMs. I think sometimes because the likelihood is, as it sort of says in in the early bit of that, the likelihood is if you picked up the game to sort of go through it as as the GM, mm. uh, you're really going to want to sort of. I, I'm I'm a bit surprised that no one sort of produced a game where you just hand over like a very small pamphlet. To the players and say, look, if you've never played this before, this is what it mm. does. Anyway, maybe, maybe that's what we'll do as as the supplement mm. for this game. But I like that. It's, so, it's, uh, it's, very, it's very hard. It's very hard to find good uh, examples of play within books, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They either go too long on for too long, or yeah. 
they're so complicated that you can't follow them. It sometimes can make it seem more complicated than yeah. the actual explanation of the game. It's really hard, I think, to find yeah. good examples of play mm. within rule books. And, and the other interesting, thing... As I say, the other thing about these is is they're all in one place. So all those examples are at the front of the book. So, you know, yeah. so if you ever need to look something up, you know, you know, you're not you're not having to flick through loads of pages to find it. Yeah. Um yeah. interesting though that you know the the, the exorcist performs a miracle is a mm. is a one of the first things that jumps to their mind as a passage of play, but okay. Well, a miracle is a specific thing. It's like a spell, basically. So ah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, giving away my distinct lack of knowledge about White Hack Third Edition. Sorry, mm. I think I probably thought it was a Powered by the Apocalypse game. No. Oh, good God, no! Never picked it up. <laughs> uh, Dirk, it's it's your turn now. As you're as you're gainfully stretching. What are we going for? Player player advice stroke how to play the game. What's your acme, do you think? I was going to put out that you've you've heard of the um Nancy Reagan option. <laughs> I was gonna go for the girls allowed option, <laughs> which is uh, I don't need no good advice. I'm already wasted. You know, that is the option because I, I do oh. think i mean i shouldn't say this as a podcaster but i do, do think there's too much advice out there for gms and for players okay. i think you know does it it can be stultifying the amount of advice the best way to um discover mm. a role-playing game is to actually play it and uh, learn that way um, and i just think you know with the proliferation of podcasts and youtube channels and all that kind of stuff it can make it mystifying it can actually have the opposite effect of encouraging people to discover things themselves and um, mm. so that's i'm, I'm going to i'm going to have that as a potential option the girls allowed option we don't need no good advice you know too much of it um but if i had to pick one i'm going to um recommend this one from heart, which oh, uh, yeah, you're going to add, you're going to add to the stream of advice. Yeah, heart. <laughs> yeah, because that's the game, isn't it? It's too no, easy absolutely. to say. To have, yeah, I, 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 I like, I like a man with principles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, heart is um, the sec- second book of uh, Spire. Um, yeah. And I think that in, in Heart, it's a separate game, but the writing's a bit better, I think, in Heart. It explains uh, the rules a bit better uh, than it does in the original Spire book. And I think what I got from reading the advice in there is this idea of playing on your front foot and encouraging players to actually do things instead of um, plotting and planning and uh, thinking about stuff. There's a lot of stuff that is in um the heart advice that just says just go with it just yeah um put go into action see what happens and uh, discover it as you uh, go along and um, so for that reason alone i'm going to put forward heart but reluctantly <laughs> because i think there's too much advice just get on with it and have a go playing on your front foot no it's good yeah uh, and for anybody who wants a bit more of a dissection on, on the heart, uh, there's a certain other podcast out there. 
one of these plethora of you know people giving advice. Orlance Rex's <laughs> gaming vexes. He does a, He does an did an entire one on heart. You may recognise some of the voices, listener. You may recognise some of the voices. Uh, thank you. So, girls allowed. Do you know I, when you said about girls allowed? I was, hor- I was trying to think. Sound of the underground. What the hell is he talking about? Uh, Which would be a brilliant just... name for a, a dungeoneering um, game, wouldn't it? Sound of the underground. Heart. Be a good one for heart, actually. Yeah. The sound of the underground is either goats or bees. I think. It was interesting. Funny enough, actually, on the GM advice one that was brought up earlier on by Neil, there was uh, D6 Star Wars came out for GM advice. But you're right. I think in terms, it's, it's interesting that that's in the player advice is the bit about the X cards and yeah. I don't take it if you. I don't. I don't know wicked ones. Uh, it's it, but it's Blades in the Dark, is it, or Forged in the Dark? It, yes, but it's on the Forged in the Dark engine. Yeah. Hmm. How long's that? How long's that been around? Not long. A couple, couple of years. Okay. Um, it was in Kickstarter before lockdown. I can't remember when it came out. Let's have a look at the date. Uh, I haven't. I hadn't heard of it. Twenty twenty. It's good. It's not. It's not got a lot of. It's not got. Not had a lot of press. But I've not seen it yeah. played much. I've only played it once. I haven't. Got, okay. I haven't quite got my head around it. I haven't quite got my head around the um, Blades in the Dark Engine yet. So I've not yet run it. But I do intend to at some point when I've when my menopausal brain can can soak it in. Mark, over I'll to be you. Brief. Um, first of all, can I apologise to Neil for what was an entirely unintentional calm down? Um, that's cultural appropriation, and I do not <laughs> subscribe to that. Um, that that uh, I, I, honestly, sorry, it was purely unintentional. I, <laughs> I think. I think putting the uh, putting the shell suit on was taking it a bit too far. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I just uh, have to say you, you're not the only one who's who's done it. Dirk, Dirk the Dice has, has got a bit of a history of doing it anyway. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I unreservedly apologise. Yeah. Um, uh, in in, it's, in any it's case, okay. it's uh, I assume it's all intended in jest. So that's it, it was it, it was it was entirely unintentional. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all had a drink. Come on. <laughs> We're all at a drink. Let's settle down. Um, uh, in in terms of player advice, I actually I don't think I have anything to add over what Debbie said because I think that was all. All of that was fantastic. Um, I mean, the, the, I, I think Chris made some excellent points and demonstrated a deep and and troubling musical knowledge. I guess the only thing that maybe I would add is is that I think it's probably better for the groups of people together to find out what their game is on their own. Uh, their game will be different to my game, will be different to, to whatever. I mean, I'd, <laughs> I think probably, you know, all these kids that are starting off role-playing now have heard enough from middle-aged white men about what they should be doing. So exactly. they just yeah. find their own way. Um, but, but of all the advice that Debbie uh, read out there, I did the one I liked best was don't be a weasel. <laughs> yeah and we're here for a good time not a long time yeah um, that's not in the book but i put that in but yeah <laughs> I, I do i do think the best advice is to just play because mm-hmm. that's how you discover games isn't it through playing and i do think the 
you know, on the edges. And my son's learning how to play uh, the guitar at the moment, and he's following everything on uh, YouTube, and he's getting great sounds out of it, much better than I was able to do uh, back in the day. Um, but he's getting it a bit too easy, if you see what I mean, because he's not practicing. He's just following the instructions that are on YouTube. And I think that's the risk, I think, because I think you're right, uh, Debbie, that people are at different stages of learning how to uh, role play. But I do think that we should hold back on advice and just say, go out and play it and learn yourself how to how to play this game. Some of it you'll find difficult, but that's how you learn, isn't it? By well, yeah. well, doing things wrong. Well, Everybody well, wants everything to be perfect. Yeah. But we're not just talking about advice, are we? I think it was specifically how to play, which is, isn't quite the same thing, is it? Yeah, so, but, but, but back in the day, Neil, were you shown well, how to play these games? Well, you just had a go and did it. Yeah, but I, but I read it. I read it, didn't I? So so like the first time I played Tunnels and Trolls, I didn't have a monkey's what was going on. Like I, I just completely clueless. And it was only when I got BX um, Mulvey and I had some explanation in it about how to play the game that I actually was like, all right, I, I get it now. So so I do think this value. I mean, how to play? You get that's like. I mean, you could argue that's the rules, but I, th- I think something that kind of t- that says at the start of a book, "This is how you play this game," is is really valuable. But I think what I'm saying is that um, that's that's fine, but there's a lot of it out there, isn't there? And I think there's this idea that there's a perfect way of doing it. If you follow this advice, if you do it in this particular way, you mm. will be doing it correctly or you'll be doing it right. Mm. Um, and that, that's yeah, the yeah. bit I, I, I'm i concerned about, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that for sure, yeah. Yeah. So but my just, advice is just play. But just out of oh. interest, when we all started out and you had Sorry, a game session when we were kids, did you yeah. afterwards discuss it? No. You know? I don't think so, because I think, I think now, you know, when, say, when you're a couple of, you know, you go first uh, first game in a campaign or something, and you might go, oh, what do people think about the direction this is going in? Do you want a bit more this, a bit more that? And you'd be a bit more sort of open to that rather than just going, right, we did it, we played the game, we finished. You know, it, mm. it, it doesn't need discussing or it doesn't need changing. Mm. I it's, it, uh, it's funny, isn't it? I think the problem now is uh, it, it would just be a different experience of something that we're all quite used to. So I guess those sorts of conversations come very easily. But I was trying to think, you know, mm-hmm. when, we, when I was going through this, I was trying to think, okay, if I didn't know anything about <clears throat> pod, uh, if I didn't know anything about podcasting, I don't, if I didn't know anything about role playing games. Firstly, I would avoid this bloody podcast. We won't think of it. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the second thing is, what would so anybody? Uh, the problem is, I haven't gamed with anybody who has never gamed. Before. Oh, that's a lie. Actually, I did. I did. And and interestingly enough, I read out uh, the front of the OSE, Old School's Essentials, and that's what we played. I played with a group of uh, five uh, kids who'd never played before. Um, Again, I don't remember discussing it afterwards. They also said it was like a you know, living story type thing. And of course, they said I was I was the most imaginative and gifted person that they'd ever come across and had such a fantastic time. A bit like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, really. 
<laughs> it was one of those moments where they just, you know, phrased me to the skies and then and then sort of, you know, built shrines to me in their house houses. But uh, we didn't feel the need to discuss it, really. <laughs> I may have overdone that slightly. Anyway, Mark, you, what you didn't give us was any kind of example. Is there an example? Or no, you just say, no, 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 I wasn't. I, I, I refused to add anything because I think Debbie had already given us the best example. And oh. man's got to know when he's beat. Right. <laughs> Mm, I can see the way this is going. <laughs> I, I, I am, I am going to try and add something. Can't, I can't make it a very, very good addition. However, uh, it's this one, Mutant City Blues, for which I hold uh, K Elling uh, responsible for making me buy it for the very, very large. Uh, there's a very large uh, sort of spreadsheet type graph, not graph flowchart. The Quaid diagram, if you remember the Quaid diagram from earlier on in the year. Uh, what, what a thing of beauty that is. It's it's like it's like a hit table all over again, critical hit table. However, the uh, the thing I like very, very much about Mutant City Blues, apart from the fact that it's absolutely fantastic game, it is the second edition that I have. Uh, it gives in one page, one page, and it's entitled The Game in a Nutshell. And it does kind of all the things that you talked about earlier on, Neil. It does give you these sorts of, not examples of play, but it will say, you know, these are sort of things that happen. And the player advice sort of happens uh, very, very quick. It's, it's in just over one paragraph. Uh, your rule set may give you other synonyms. Oh, blah, blah, blah. For example, investigators, heroes, con conspirators, or the team. And this is this is the bit of advice. As a player... You prepare for the first session of play by inventing details about your character, following a character creation process laid out by the rule set, and then you play the game. Ta-da! That's broadly speaking. There's a few more sentences below that that ruin the moment for me, but there we are. The action in a role-playing session happens in each participant's imagination. Just as your experience reading a compelling book doesn't provide an observer with rich visual clues, playing a role-playing game remains a low-key affair. And thus, Mutant City Blues. Mm. So, this time, unusually, for a panel of five, we have, uh, we have four uh, suggestions. Uh, Mutant City Blues from me. Mark refused to elaborate once Debbie had actually stolen the show. Mm. Neil went with White Hack, third edition. I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, Debbie went with Wicked Ones uh, and Dirk with Heart, sponsored by Girls Aloud. So we'll go, uh, Dirk, give us your, your, uh, your vote, please. You can't obviously vote for Heart, so it's Wicked Ones, White Hack 3E, or Mutant City Blues. What are you going for? Well, I think um, both Mutant City Blues and um, wicked ones are very specific uh, games, and um, they set out in very specific terms how to play it. For a more generic uh, way of explaining it, I think I'm going to go for white hack. Ooh. White hack. Neil now eyeing the prospect of a of a double. <laughs> uh, and Neil, I'll, I'll come to you now. So heart, wicked ones, mutant city blues. Or you can follow Mark and uh, refuse to vote. <laughs> In which case, we shall stage an intervention. No, I'm not going to refuse to vote. 
Um, Hart uh, I played, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a good game, uh, pretty crazy game. Um, the I, I didn't get much of what the the GM advice was, I guess, from from that. So I, I don't know. It may be me, um, kind of. Uh, I, I have a problem with multitasking, and I may have been momentarily distracted. So apologies if that was the case. Um, the uh, wicked ones sounds like really quite in depth. Uh, advice and well considered, um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I quite like the Mutant City Blues. I, I just think it's uh, you know it's concise, it's clear. You did say it's got some examples of of uh, you, you know uh, play or, or, or you know. Um, so that sounds much more up my street, I think. So I'm going to go with Mutant City Blues. Ooh. Can I change my okay. vote? Because he clearly wasn't listening to me. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do, do, do apologise. What were you doing? Were you investigating ways to kill more players? In a short period of time. That's that's that, that that is like a constant thing in the back of my mind, and uh, I I'm, I get moments of lucidity where I'm not distracted by it. It is definitely it's... working out how to kill my character in our White Hat game. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've already worked it out. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, Mark, I am going to ask you to, to vote now. Uh, Mutant City Blues, White Hack 3rd Edition, Wicked Ones or Heart? Where Wicked Ones. Wicked Ones. No great surprise there. Uh, Deb, need your vote, please. And you have Heart, Girls Allowed. Uh, White Hack 3E, you can, of course, refuse to vote, or you can vote for Mutant City Blues. What's it going to be? What do I do? Oh, tactical. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to win. <laughs> Come on. I, I'm, I'm going to go for um, Girls Allowed. Right. <gasps> playing... playing playing tactically, I hoping am. that I'm going to say mm. <laughs> strategically then. So Mutant City Blues has one, but I cannot vote for Mutant City Blues. It is the loser. I can't vote for Mark. Mark uh, admitted surrender. Neil's uh, 3E White Hack has one vote. Wicked Ones has one, one, one vote. Heart has one vote. I am absolutely swayed. I'm going with Wicked Ones. So uh, I, I think what you were saying, Deb, I think is absolutely fine. Uh, certainly all makes sense. I thought it, I thought it was excellent advice. We're here for a good time, not a long time. I particularly enjoyed that. I thought cheer for your dungeon yeah. was, was good. I thought that was good. So I'm definitely going with Wicked Ones. So Wicked Ones becomes the very uh, the very pinnacle of of player advice. Well done, Wicked Ones. Don't, hey, be a, well don't done. be a space weasel. Oh, <laughs> so we so we have uh, we have uh, the archetypes are going to come from solar blades and cosmic spells, which was Neil's suggestion, and wicked ones is going to form the uh, the how to play or players advice section. So <clears throat> the only other thing we do uh, have to do now is to pick a uh, is to pick a game. Now what I thought I'd do is I'd show you some of the examples. I don't know whether anybody's come up with a name. If I show you, can you can you see that this is my yeah. um, the, the Twitter feed, mm. which oddly sort of sparked into into life. I thought there were a couple put worth 
Can you see that one on there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> suggestion from inspect underscore Lofius or Lofius, Mark Waterhouse. I suspect that's probably his real name. Serenely travel beyond the rim walls. Which I thought, but the best one I liked here most was the rim is full of stars. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, Which I, I is quite like the last one. <laughs> Not twiddling beyond the rim. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Not twiddling beyond the rim. Okay. Uh, let's have a look. I'm trying to write some of these down so at the same time. Uh, galactic shenanigans or mm. globular clusters fetch a nurse uh, rimming the void <laughs> mm. really really concerned that one uh, roly mcroll face uh, lagrange points and hill spheres what mm. are you doing dave i thought i thought that was quite good obviously 2001 yeah what are you doing dave <laughs> uh, Grogdon Galaxies, just so you know, Zamo Frontiers. <laughs> Zamo. Zamo Frontiers. That came from, uh, that was uh, Spez Baby. I like Bar Frontiers. <laughs> similar, on a, on a, uh, based on a similar core system to Brew Dogs in the Vineyard. Very good. Very good. Frankenspace, Modern Prometheus in Space from Fabio. It was Patrick, the, the Navarone gun rimming the void. Uh, Beyond the Rim, again, that came back from, from uh, Lee uh, Lee Carnell. Okay. So we have a number of suggestions there. Does anybody have any that they would uh, they would like to advance? Bar Trek from uh, Morphi. That's Lee Williams. Bar Trek. Corey it, it, Nielsen. The, sorry, it's the, the shame that the... Um... The life path one didn't win for the character archetypes because we could have had lasers and life paths. Oh, very good. The wow factor is from Tori Nielsen. Then I defy you, stars. Sutures and spacemen, cosmic cringe. Add you add Astra. That's very clever. Okay, so. Uh, what else hey, we, oh, hang on. I've got, I've got to do Bonamy Games oh. UK. Oh, look at this. Oh, oh heck, it's him again. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. Failing forward into infinity. Okay, so there's a, there's a few there. What about yourself? Has anybody got a, a name they particularly liked? Mm-hmm. So I thought. So we got beyond the rim, which obviously it you know there was the beyond the wall thing and and so on. But I like I, I I was thinking beyond the warp rather than beyond oh. the. The war, warp, warp, as in warp, warp. space, warp, space, warp, warp, W A R P, warp. warp. Yeah, mm. yeah. There it's, you go. It's 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 the accent. I, I just can't. Sometimes I just can't understand what you say. <laughs> Can you Beyond understand the this? Warp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all revert to type in the end. <laughs> Oh, two strikes, two strikes, two strikes. <laughs> uh, Mark, did you have a um, name? Um, yeah. I like that. I did. I, I was toying with Wither the Wow. Um, oh, Wither the Wow. But actually, in the end, 
I made up a title made up of spare part words that I had lying around, <laughs> um, which was, and it's a very important to have a colon, um, otherwise the whole thing doesn't help. Um, Star Falcon, colon, paths of glory. Right. Star Falcon, paths of glory. No, uh, you need to say the colon, Dave. It doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> say the colon. <laughs> Star Falcon, colon. Paths of glory. What, what I like about it is it's a little bit deceptive in that people will think, oh, well, this is clearly some kind of existing property with a great history mm -hmm. behind it. I, I I must buy into it now while it's all new yeah. and shiny. Yeah. I, I, I must purchase all of those additional yeah, things. Okay. Deb, have you got one? I've, I've just made one up, stealing things from everybody else unash unashamedly. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go for warps and wormholes, colon, oh. wanderings in space. Oof. Warps and wor wormholes, colon, wanderings in space. Yeah. Nice. See, okay. turn that turn that into wandering the wow. I think we're getting somewhere. <laughs> okay. And uh, Dirk, have you got any? Well, I think uh, people have caught on to this idea of wow, and I think it was quite striking at the beginning, wasn't it, when Martin yeah. said that games yeah. should have this wow factor, and. I think you should capture that. And I think Tor has suggested that as a uh, wow factor. But everybody yeah. knows that good science fiction RPGs just have one word. So I think you should, and it's made up of different elements. So I think it should be called factors. Mm. Factors. Factors. Mm. I, do you know? I, I think you know, I, I like the I, I do like the wither the wet the one that I was going to go with and and this will be the first time we have actually taken a suggestion from uh, from the people in in the crowd as it were <laughs> I really like what are you doing Dave <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's a great one because it has that right sort of you know inside track kind of knowledge but okay so we need to vote we have what are you doing Dave uh factors from uh, from dirk warps and wormholes wanderings in space from deb star falcon colon paths of glory and beyond the warp from neil so a quick vote on which one you're going to go for i'll come to uh, mark which one you're going to go for you can't vote for the colon star falcon paths of glory well, I can vote for the colon because Deb's got a colon in hers, and therefore that's the one I'm voting for. <laughs> and wormholes, colon, wanderings in space. Okay. Neil. Uh, as it's like so clear cut to me, it's Star Falcon, colon, <laughs> wherever came after it. It just Arms sounds. Of glory. of glory. Yeah. Nice. I mean, that just sounds amazing. Yeah. It's it's like he's a writer or something, isn't it? <laughs> Deb, you can't vote for warps and wormholes, colon, wanderings in space. <laughs> you don't have to say the colon in mine, it's fine. Um, I'm going for beyond the warp because I spontaneously clapped when Neil when Neil said it straight away. So I'm sticking with it. Beyond the warp. I see, Neil. Yes. You, a future career there, I think. 
Dirt. What to? Uh, oh, I'm going to cheat it. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say uh, Beyond the Warp because I like that one, but I think it should have a subtitle of What Are You Doing, Dave? <gasps> Beyond the Warp, colon, What Are You Doing, Dave? <laughs> We're breaking all the rules today. Oof. Um, right. I say, I, I do like What Are You Doing, Dave, but it only works if you say it in that voice, Dave. <laughs> what are you doing, Dave? I don't think you should be doing that. Uh, okay. It gets worse the more you say it. Uh, so, no, it, <laughs> it is I rather like saying it, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that was uh, uh, Beyond the Warp, colon, what are you doing, Dave? I'm going to vote for that as well. Three of us. Three votes. Neil, you got it up. You could have had a hat trick. No. Could have had a hat trick. I'll, I'll settle for the double. You've been more polite, mm. you would have been. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a name. We have a name. The name is Beyond the Warp, colon. What are you doing, Dave? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. It, it, needs Excellent. To come with, it needs to come with an MP3 file just so that people can hear you saying it. <laughs> There's an app that you can you can get that you can change your voice. It's like a voice modulator thing. I'm I'm so going to do find the the computer voice from 2001 and see if we did it. Listen, thank you ever so much, everybody. Episode 10, uh, we have the archetypes from Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells, which came from Neil. We had the Wicked Ones is uh, our How to Play Stroke Players Advice. That was from Deb. Thank you very much. And then a combination of several, Beyond the Warp, colon, What Are You Doing, Dave, is the name of the game. Fantastic. Excellent. Thanks, guys. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Well, there you have it. That was episode 10. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll try and put a little bit of stuff into the show notes, try to make some sort of sense of this nonsense, and also point you in the uh, in the direction of some of the games that we talked about, if, uh, if any of them are ones that you don't know. And there's at least two or three in there that I didn't know, which is good. Wicked ones in particular. Please do check out the other things which our contributors today are rightly famous for. <laughs> now, Dirk the Dice apparently appears on some sort of podcast uh, called The Grognard Files or something. Never heard of it. Uh, Neil Neil likes to kill parties of uh, adventurers. Debbie loves Savage Worlds. Give it a rest, Debbie. Uh, and Mark is an author, and his book series of The Duty Sergeant is excellent. So please go and check those out. Again, thanks to Mark, Neil, Debbie and Dirk. We're getting just that little bit closer to finishing this whole exercise. But don't forget, if you do want to leave us a message, still can join in. Uh, we'll be on Twitter, at FrankensteinRPG. That's possibly the best place to try and find us. Okay. Need to start thinking now about uh, Series 3, what that might look like and how that might work. Anyway, more to come at some stage. Next time, we will be doing a review of the series and sort of stress testing a few bits, seeing whether they really did fit together. So until then, please take care of yourselves and we'll see you soon. Thank you.